Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So we are riffing again, just as a reminder on re-emergence. That's what Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell is talking about this year, re-emergence. And we are now entering the month of April, if you can believe it. And we chose, my team and I chose for this month, the word materialize. Now, when I was coming up to do this little intro thing, I was like, materialize, really? But with things that are occurring in the world right now, it's interesting what materialize actually means. So let me tell you, it means to come into perception or existence, to appear, to become actual or real, give material form to, to be realized or carried out, materialize. So it's interesting to me how we can actually individually come into a perceptible existence or appearance of whatever it is that we're choosing to focus on, right? Choosing to focus our attention on. So I am wanting to encourage you for the month of April to really focus on peace, beginning with yourself, inner peace, then community peace, and then global peace. But it has to start with you, focusing within, because you already, each of us, as divine sparks already have the seed of peace within us. We just have to focus on it. This is also part of reemergence. We have to focus on the peace within us in order to grow and develop it. And then we can share it with our community, with the world. So materialize. Hmm, interesting. And the shows we have for this month are going to support you in learning how to do more of that. So enjoy the show. So welcome to the show today. I am really so curious about this conversation because of my personal life path, which is kind of similar to a lot of people's life paths right now, because I'm going to be talking with a woman who has written a book about marriage. The book is called Marriage Minded and A to Z dating guide for lasting love. I want to welcome Marsha Naomi Berger. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on your show, Susan. Oh, I'm excited. So <laughs> I, I, whenever I, I know there's going to be a great conversation, I get these chills that just, like, <laughs> I get it. It's like, I get plugged in to an electrical socket and it's like, wow, I can't wait to see. So I'm curious because it's marriage for, for people that really want to be married, that's what the book is about, but you've done an, a dating guide first or it, throughout the whole book. And I love the way it's built, actually, the A's, the B's, the C's, and each one has bullet points that are important. So tell everybody why you decided to design a book, a book this way. 
there are a lot of books out about marriage and about dating that cover one or two important themes, and they're good books. I wanted to have a really thorough book that explored just about any aspect of dating and marriage and even getting to dating, overcoming the kind of obstacles that are in so many people's way. And I thought it would be fun also to have people read it in A to Z, like A is for ambivalence, A is for attitude, A is for awesome, remember you are. So those like three topics under A and then there are topics under B. I won't do the whole alphabet, (laughs) don't worry. (laughs) But B is for boundaries, B is for be yourself and so on. And it might be half a page to a couple of pages on each topic. So anything that anybody wants to know, you can look in the index, you can look in the table of contents, Go right where you want to be, or you can read it cover to cover or open it randomly. And I love that you have the A to Z at the front of the book and then what page each each topic is on because exasperating under X, exasperating, accept your own and your partner's imperfections. Holy moly. <laughs> if I had had this when I was in my early 20s dating, this really would have helped me make more informed choices. But but I also get, Naomi, that this book, you also are guiding people to know thyself, right? You know, really get to know and love and respect yourself as you're, proce- as you're going through the process of dating. Definitely. Very important. because And that know, wasn't something I was taught. Um, I don't think most of us were taught that. And, mm-hmm. and I, I dated for a long time before I got married and I did not have a lot of the information that I have now and that I really want to pay forward. Oh, I so appreciate that because, you know, I, I grew up, I, I'm at the end of the baby boomer era, right? And so my modeling, and you talk about this, it, hopefully you have a good, it, under M for mentor, you know, hopefully you have a good mentor or model on, how relationships can work well. And while I don't think I had that, and but also part of being at the end of the baby boomer, there was this whole, you got to get married expectation. So, so women in my generation, I just turned 62. We all were, we went to college because that an education was important, but there was also this unaware belief system that you also went to college to find your future husband, because that's what happened in the fifties and in the Mm forties, women weren't sell, you know, wasn't to go to college because women needed an education. They were smart and they were going to go out in the world and have a career or a business. They, you went to college so you could be intelligent enough to carry on a conversation with your husband's (laughs) colleagues. Right. I'm thinking about, um, this is true, when I went to college, too, it was actually a little before you did, um, and, and people used to joke, you're going for your MRS degree. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, was, I wasn't consciously thinking that when I went, but I certainly wasn't thinking about um, what's my occupation going to be, uh, even what am I going to major in for a while, and uh, I guess by... Uh, <laughs> good luck or divine providence, however you think about it. I majored in English and I got my master's degree in social work. And I, even though um, I was given a message that it didn't really matter what I did because I was going to get married and my husband was going to support me. Well, that, that didn't happen. I, right. I married 
after dating for 20 years or so. And meanwhile, I established myself, my career, and, and without even, you know, it was like, well, what else am I going to do? So I just moved along. And right. And I have several well. friends uh, in my age bracket that didn't get married, you know, and, and we and, and then they did late in life and it wasn't the right fit. So I got married at 25. I, I did not realize I had a belief system so embedded in me that I had to get married. Right. It wasn't even I, it wasn't even that I had a my um, biological clock ticking because I, I really knew I needed to do a lot of work on me before I could have a child. So for so creating this marriage minded guide for people that are dating, what are some of the key components that you wanted to focus on? Well, I wanted to focus on four key components. And so I have the book divided, actually, theoretically, at least. Uh, into four sections. And the mm-hmm. first one is overcoming obstacles. And a, a big obstacle is often the attitude, um, such as uh, I'm not good enough, <laughs> I'm too thin, I'm too fat, I'm too old, too, you know, whatever, whatever it is that gets in, in people's way. Uh, and so it's important to recognize that. And, and then you can do something about it, uh, because you can adjust your attitude if you want to. Uh, and then the next section is dating. I and mean, that's a big part of the book. And all kinds of aspects about how to date if you do have marriage in mind and to differentiate between what I think of as recreational dating and marriage-minded dating. Uh, and then so that, you know, how do you, how do you talk about how you find out with, if the guy is has the same kind of reason for dating as you have, not necessarily that he and you are gonna get married, but, but you have, a, this is what you're trying to find out if it's gonna work or not. Uh, and then the third section is committing. And when do you have that talk if it hasn't happened naturally uh, about where's this relationship going? And, and uh, if it ends up going that you get engaged. And the final is marriage and how to keep it good. And actually, my first book is focuses on that. It's called Marriage Meetings for Lasting Love. And it teaches couples how to have uh, a weekly gentle conversation that covers all the important aspects of, of um, the relationship uh, so that both people keep feeling appreciated and the teamwork is good and they still have fun together, make plans for the weekly dates and other good times and, and deal with their issues respectfully using the kind of communication skills that I describe in detail in the book also. So, so marriage is the, is the goal, but it's not the end because like I say, it's not really the wedding, it's the marriage and, and it's how you keep it thriving. Right. And if it's going to be a long-term relationship, even if you're not married, because so many Mm -hmm. people choose not to get married for a variety of reasons, but they stay together for 20, 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. How do you keep that relationship healthy and growing and thriving? And you've got some good suggestions in this book. So let's talk about the marriage meeting first, and then we'll work our way backwards because when I was reading that (laughs) start with the end in mind, right? When I, when I was reading that, and I'm currently in a a phenomenal, wonderful, after I got divorced um, from a 28 year marriage, uh, I didn't think I could ever meet someone else again. And, and, and yet I knew I had the second half of life, a second chance, right? And I did some of the things that you suggest in the book, and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, I was thinking about this with my ex-husband and even my current husband, this idea of 
taking time weekly to have these meetings. So explain to everybody what the meetings are. Oh, okay. As I said, it's a gentle conversation. A lot of people balk at the idea of meeting. They think it's like what they do at work, but it, it isn't like that, except that it has a pretty flexible agenda, but I divide it into four parts. Appreciation, where each partner takes an uninterrupted tone saying what they value and liked about what happened, what the other person did during the week and maybe what character traits they enjoyed seeing displayed in each other as well as behaviors. And then the next part, you can call it chores or task, the business part of the relationship, uh, whatever needs to be done to keep the household running smoothly and the finances okay. So anything that comes up that you don't already have a routine for, it may, it may not be who's cooking if you always have the same person or you already have a system for who's cooking and who's doing the dishes, but let's say uh, we need a new roof <laughs> or something like that. Who's going to handle it and, 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 uh, and how? Um, so that's taking care of the business part of the relationship. Then the third part is called planning for good times. And this is where you have the weekly date. Practically everybody's heard it's a good idea to have a weekly date with your partner. Um, does it always happen? As a therapist, I, people come in often and they haven't had a, something like a date in many years. Right. Um, and then others are doing real well with, with keeping up the weekly date. Uh, and so, but in the meeting, you plan, you don't just say we're going to do this sometime. We're going to say that this is where we're going to go Saturday night. And I, I don't mean it like a directive, like I made it sound, but, but like we talk about, you know, what, mm -hmm. do you want, what, do, what do I want to do? Okay, let's find what we both want to do. Um, and, and then set a date for it. And who's going to make the arrangements if preservations are needed or something like that. Uh, and then the last part is dealing with the challenges and every relationship has issues and we don't want to uh, keep them swept under the table because they have a way of growing and turning into grudges if we don't take care of them fairly soon. Yep. Uh, so this is a good time to clear up mis misunderstandings, talk about um, anything that's gotten somebody emotional, uh, whether it's hurt feelings or, uh, or just a misunderstanding. Uh, that needs to be cleared up. And um, because it's hard for people to talk about this, I give in the book seven communication skills to you. Oh, great. That make it fairly pleasant, actually, to talk about issues and, and to um, recognize that you can easily resolve a lot of issues. Some of them will linger, but you talk about them over time and know that Rome wasn't built in a day, but you're, you have a nice process going. So I have a couple questions about this. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to think which one I want to ask. Okay. So first, first all off um, in both of my relationships, these relationships, um, it, if I were to say, let's have a marriage meeting, it would be me driving it. Do you know what I mean? I, most men I that, at least people I've been in relationships, they, they, they don't go, yeah, they don't go, oh, wow, we should meet once a week to discuss this. It's usually okay, the women no, that no, want to no, talk. No, and, no, yeah. yeah. No, not like that. <laughs> okay. So we're not going to talk about meeting once a week. We're going to talk about trying this thing one time. Oh, okay. Baby, baby steps, baby steps. Because I, I'm currently with a guy that I, I am, I absolutely adore. We are committed yeah. to the end to our end days. Uh -huh. um, and he is, you know, and I had him do the love language thing, right? Now, uh -huh. 
And he is, he does not like to talk, doesn't want to talk about his feelings, doesn't, he shows me his feelings with a hug or a caress or um, a silly gift or, Mm -hmm. but he never, I have to sometimes when there's an issue, I really have to dig in so that it can come to the surface. So I know what it is I need to adjust or change. Mm -hmm. And what's the question? Well, so I don't ever think he, if I said, Hey, could we try this once he'd say, okay, but Uh to have it be an ongoing something. Okay. Plan how you're going to do it. If he says, okay, the first time you're ahead of the game already. Okay. You know, because a lot of guys, <laughs> come on, don't do that to me. You know? Right, right. Uh, okay. So first of all, you load up on the appreciation. I'm so glad that you're brave enough to do this. And we're going to make it fun. And you're going to, and you are, you're going to load up on the appreciation. You're also going to let him run the meeting. You may initiate it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I, I see your, I see what you're thinking. Okay. I think I can see what you're thinking. I think you're thinking, what? He won't yeah. do it. Yeah. Okay. And I would All love right. it if he did. Okay. I would. All right. So, so um, it helps if you look at the book. You can read it. You can buy it. You can take it out from your library. Okay. Uh, you can listen to the audio. Uh and it depends on what you like to do and what he likes to do. If you first expose yourself to the book and uh, the instructions and the, it gives examples of how people uh, get past uh, some blocks by having marriage meetings. Uh, and again, all the communication skills, the agenda, um, make it like that's the first thing is I'm not gonna just lay this on you and be your teacher, but let, let's learn about it together. Right. Uh, and, and then, it's the one thing, you know, I tell people to do it if the husband or, or partner does says, no, no, I, I don't want to do that. Okay. When's your birthday? When is Mother's Day applies or Valentine's Day? This is the gift I want. One meeting. Oh, that's that. a good idea. All, all positive. And is for negotiate. It's in the mm-hmm. book. The marriage minded and is for negotiate. So ways to express what you want in a way that the other person is going to be happy and find it a good idea for, because this person's going to get something nice too. I mean, if he wants right. to be present and it certainly, you know, you may not need another uh, necklace or blouse or whatever, you know? <laughs> but, but wouldn't this be lovely to try a marriage meeting? And then you do, you make it so much fun by lots of appreciation. Um, don't ask him to do anything. <laughs> Tell him what chore you have in mind you're going to do. But if, if you can get him to run the meeting, it's not a big deal running the meeting. It's like saying, he gets to say it's time for appreciation now. And he gets to express his appreciation before you express yours. Uh, and that's so, I got to say, that's so smart, Naomi, because, you know, it, it just is gently guiding them to say things and do things. I'm, I'm definitely going to uh, look into read the rest of that section and see if we can do this because I can, I can tell that, when stuff get you and you said this in the in your book when stuff gets swept under the rug um the the emotions or the hurts or you know and and we and we we can hurt our partner without even realizing that we're doing it you know sometimes it's it often it's unintentional is but um but to address those things first instead of going well well 
you know, tomorrow's another, you know, I'm thinking of Scarlett O'Hara, tomorrow's another day, (laughs) you know, it'll be better. That's kind of denial, right? So this sounds Mm -hmm. like it gets you uh, more conscious and then in a conscious connection with your partner. Yeah, it prevents building grudges. Yeah, and that's a big, that's a big one. Yeah, you hear these relations, right? They just worked with, I'm a therapist, I specialize in working with couples and adults, individuals. And um, this man was explaining, this man who had a little trouble standing up to his wife um, and and expressing his feelings, although we've done some good work on that. Um, He said that his parents' marriage, his father never said a word, his mother would berate him or whatever she did, and it was, you know, complaining. Um, And then he wrote her a note and left and never came back. Oh, wow. You know, so this is like 20 years or more Mm -hmm. building grudges because there's no conversation. Yeah. Right. And the marriage meeting makes it a, a gentle, a gentle conversation. Yeah. The details of the marriage meeting are in a different book from marriage minded. Marriage minded mentions it, but to actually know exactly how to hold the meeting in the most effective way, that's the book that's called Marriage Meetings for okay. Lasting Love. So this is uh, you know, marriage minded is mostly for before you're married, although married people can benefit from a lot of the ideas in it. Uh, but through the specifics about how to hold a, an effective marriage meeting, that's the marriage meetings for lasting love book. Okay. So Naomi, let's now, let's kind of, I want to go in a different direction with this because um, so many people, and I never thought it would happen to me, but it did. So many people have gotten divorced Mm-hmm. And, and so like I got divorced and my son was 18 when I initiated the divorce procedures and it rocked his world, even though he'd been living in the, in the ha- household where it was not healthy, right? The, the yeah. energy was not healthy in that marriage. And, but it still shocked him. It, he just, he just wasn't aware for whatever reason. But, yeah. and so then after that, He's, he and I have, we have a phenomenal relationship. We Mm -hmm. had to rebuild, but we have a phenomenal relationship. And he's come to me several times about, um, ask me, you know, a, a, why did you get divorced? And would you ever get back together? Oh, good God. No, but also, well, you know, so what does that mean? Does, does marriage mean anything? And what if I want to get married and, and what should I do Mm -hmm. and, or not do? So that I don't ever get divorced because he said, I, you know, if I get married, I don't want to go through divorce. Well, who does? Nobody does. So how would you, how would you speak to that? How would you counsel an individual who's a child of divorce? Well, first of all, I would be quite empathic because I have been through that myself. My parents divorced when I was 13 and it did, um, I don't know, traumatic almost seems like a mild word to describe what, what it's like. And um, divorce is all too common now. And I, I think it's for a child, it's like, a, you know, kids think their parents are going to be there together. It's almost like an unwritten uh, contract. So right. it's really important to emphasize that. And, and also anything that you can do, especially helping them get, I, I think, you know, we mentioned mentors. Uh, people that they know. So they know that good marriages are possible and also knowledge is power. So that's why I I write these books to, to give people 
uh, the kind of information. So they're coming in and they can be proactive rather than wait until things fall apart <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then try to put the pieces together and maybe it's too late. Um, so, so get all the information that you can about how to communicate well. And, and of course, how to, how to choose well. You know, you mentioned you were 25 and, you know, some of us are ready at, at a really early age and some of us need to um, mature uh, to, to be ready. And I, I'll put myself in that category. So I don't, I don't mean it as a put down. I, I just mean it as um, to, to wait for the right time, not to feel like because my friends got married, I have to do it now. Yeah, I was like one of the, the first of my friends, you know, so I pro- it probably would have served me to wait another 10 years, you know, or even five years to know myself. But I wasn't at that point, I was a spiritual quester, but I didn't see that it was about me knowing me so that I could be in a a relationship that was healthy for me. I saw them as two, I'm on a spiritual quest and here's my Mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people, when they get involved in a career, um, Mm -hmm. they see it as my career and my relationship and they're separate, but they, but that's not really the way relationship works, right? Relationship should be the, the foundation that supports you in all that you are and all that you do. Mm-hmm. Did I just well, yeah. throw out I, my opinion there? <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I mean, that's, you're preaching to the choir. Okay. <laughs> okay. So if people are marriage minded, right? Mm-hmm. That does that mean that they are? Oh, we got to talk about monogamy and not being monogamous because the millennials right now, not monogamous. They don't get the point of monogamy, as far as I understand. A lot of these, a lot of these people. You know, if you if you're, you know, watching stuff that's happening on the social media sites and the Instagram sites and the TikTok yeah, and are you, yeah, are you talking about? dating yes i'm talking about marriage but but (laughs) here's my thing and i'm just really i you know like i said i'm a certain age now i think i'm just really old-fashioned but if you are okay naomi if you're going around with a bunch of different men i mean in my day and age either you got aids or you had to have an abortion because you weren't taking care of yourself this day and age, they know how to take care of themselves. And yet they're going around with a bunch of different partners and not, when do you, what do you need to do in order to decide, is this the one I want to spend my life with? Well, you have to know who you are and what you want, basically. And uh, I don't think all, I know not all millennials are dating that way, but I, I do understand it is so easy with, especially with the internet to keep finding new people and wonder if there's somebody better around the corner. Um, and um, I think when, when people, I think deep down inside, everybody yearns for marriage, for a lifetime partner, um, intimate, everyday kind of relationship through life. Um, and you know, people may be confused when we all were, I think when we were younger, you know, where are we right. going? Not all of us, because some people got married out of high school and, and for college and live happily ever after. Um, but a lot of there, there is still also a lot of confusion. We live in a society where, where uh, relationships uh, are kind of glamorized in, in a way where our expectations can get unrealistic, uh, especially with the 
romantic movies and the fairy mm-hmm. tales and and all or that. The, or the yeah. uh, what are they the the reality TV stuff? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. My God, that's just yeah. so much non-reality in what they call mm-hmm. reality TV. Yeah. At least not in my reality, yeah. and nor do I want it. And just you know, as you're saying that, I'm, I'm wondering how much you know the, this kind of dating that you're talking about, um, where where people are you know having lots of experimental kind of quick relationships and longer relationships. How much of that is because um, they did not have kind of the values or the role models for a good lasting relationship when they were growing up? Well, you know, it's interesting that you you asked that question because I. Um... I know of one person that the parents are still married, have always been married, but it's been a, a very contentious relationship. And then there's a go around and a comeback and a mea copa and the parents are mm-hmm. still together. So I don't know if that triggers individuals. I know for me, uh, my parents should have been divorced several times over. Now, my, my mother has since passed away and my father has kind of, he talks about his life with her as if there were never really any problems. And I lived through, I lived through it. My, both my brother and I were like, Whoa. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically really, it does distill down to just really learning about yourself first. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, And also recognizing that you don't have to repeat your parents' experience. And See, that's when a big deal. Yeah. When you mentioned this, this tumultuous relationship, um, you know, how did they get that way? It often goes back to generations until yes. somebody gains this self-awareness to say, I'm going to break the chain. I'm going to create something different and better. Yes. Which is I, what I consciously and intentionally did while I was mm-hmm. going through divorce. Mm-hmm. So because I didn't want a, a repeat. Been there, done that. No more. Right. And mm-hmm. I wanted to know. I wanted to lay groundwork for my son to at some point feel safe enough to then commit to a relationship because the divorce was so caustic. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you did really well, Susan. I, I did. He is I, but, getting married now and you like his, his uh, intended and, and that's wonderful. And I pulled all my stops out too. Mm-hmm. I just like went, when I was going through divorce, I'm like, all right, let me get to know me. Let me let go of all the guilt and the shame and the blame. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I did that in order to then be open as much as I could open my heart to a positive, happy relationship. And in the book, you talk about, do you actually use the word lists, making a list? Oh, definitely. Of yeah. Three, li- three lists. Okay. What are the three lists? One, what you are looking for in a partner. Two, what you have to offer that your partner will appreciate. And three, and I say 10 for each of those lists, 10 qualities for each of those lists. But the third list, I want to be gentle. So I say five areas in which you could stand to improve a little uh, that your partner would appreciate seeing that improvement. Okay. I've been from the time I was a preteen, I've been the maker of lists of self-improvement, what I need to change, what I need oh, to improve. Wow. And, and it kind of became kind of a, you know, a brutalizing. I'm Too seeing those, those monks that do that, that uh-huh. yeah. whatever, beating themselves up on the back because yeah. 
uh, but where you can improve, um, like you said, in a gentle way. In a gentle way, um, with the idea being that, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about how oh, when I was single and my friends were single, we used to have these conversations about what was wrong with whoever we were going out with, um, uh, uh, totally oblivious to our own shortcomings. Right. Okay. So, so this is like, hey, let's be realistic. Um, he's going to have to put up with stuff that I'm not perfect in and, and vice versa. Uh, and, and some of the things yeah. you like about yourself, maybe something that just punches somebody else's buttons. Well, maybe, yeah, that could happen too. Um, and uh, I think I, I want to say about the first list, though, it's really, really important about the first list because some people, I do these workshops, marry with confidence workshops for women, single women, and and we go over their lists. And sometimes they may put things like he has to have a certain occupation or a certain, uh, has to be a certain height or he has to like to ski or, you know, whatever. Okay. These are things that really belong as wants rather than needs. So I encourage people to recognize what they need, um, like good character traits, like a lot of people leave out. And I say, what about kindness? That was okay. at the top of my list for my good guy. All right. So you got it together there. Well, and then the second one was a full head of hair. Uh Oh, (laughs) (laughs) all right. So, so I don't know. You you can't in a certain way. What what is I trying to think? You can't argue with personal taste, but at the same time, what if he has a full head of hair, but he's emotionally unstable? Oh no. Which would you pick? You only, you know, so, so you have to think, I have a friend who recently made 25 on our list. So I said, let's narrow that down. You know, does he have to vote for the same political party as you? You know, um, if he is kind and, you know, and, and emotionally stable and uh, self-supporting, you know, if that's important to you, not everybody even needs that, but whatever things that really do feel essential to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Separate, make a, make a, you know, question your list, go over it with a friend or, or somebody else who um, you value their, their uh, guidance. Yes. And I think you're right about, I think you're right, Naomi, about uh, a short list, mm-hmm. because if you have a long list, you get, you, you can get lost in the Michigash of that. You can, exactly. you know, you, yeah. it becomes hard to discern. Wait, they, they, they play the guitar, but <laughs> you know, they, they have, they don't have their money handled. What are you <laughs> yeah. focusing on? Right. Yeah. And then also with too many, how do you remember them all? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause like I, I made a list, um, just a couple of, some years before I met my husband, I think. And, uh, and I, I didn't remember consciously what was on it, but it's in the, it's in the background. And, and I, I did find the list eventually it turned up in my many papers that are around and, and uh, it, it was pretty close, you know, to, to yeah. what, oh, the man I married. Yeah. My list is very, very close. There's like one. Yeah maybe two things that are kind of sort of, but not, mm-hmm. but I got all, you know, 90%, but I've been, this is me. This is, I teach my clients to do this with because it's all about inner transformation and self-worth and valuing. Uh, and if you see, if you value yourself, then the person you want to partner with a, you need to value them, but they will value you as well because mm-hmm. they, they are attracted to that inner uh, 
value, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it is uh, true that like attracts like. If you value yourself, you're likely to attract somebody who values himself or herself, um, you know, in, in a relationship and, and vice versa. If, if you're going around kind of morose looking and you're not really shining forth then um, you're going to attract a different kind of person uh, who might be attracted to needy, <laughs> neediness or, um, and, and that's not necessarily, that's not a healthy person. Uh, no, that's, not, and you're not yeah. a healthy person if you're walking around being right, needy. Right, right. So, and, and it comes back to what you said, how important it is to value yourself and to know that you're worth. Yes. Mean you're perfect, but you're, you're worthy. Right. And, and, um, and then you glow, you glow and you're, you attract people that are, attracted to the kind of person you, you truly are and that you're emanating. So, so I just opened your book under T and looked, and of course, this is how I work trauma. So in relationships, there can often be some trauma that needs to be healed, whether you're in the same relationship or you've moved on. Right. Mm-hmm. So how, what do you recommend for um, people that have had trauma, which are quite a few of us now, especially if you've gone through divorce? Well, there are different therapies that help with trauma and finding the one that fits for you. Um, being able to talk about it and have an empathic listener is really important. And it also depends you know, on, on the person, what they're ready to deal with. You know, There may be a time that they don't want to talk about their trauma because it kind of it's reenacts it right um, and then there's there, then there's a time that it can feel very supportive to mm-hmm. talk about it and and to get past it and deal with it it's not something that you can expect your partner to take care of for you it, it is a, a a self-help kind of thing. yes and it's yeah. important yeah. to have yeah. somebody outside of your partnership to listen right like a therapist or a family or a friend that you absolutely mm-hmm. trust their, their yeah. uh, discretion. Mm-hmm. It could be um, if somebody has a close relationship with a pastor or a rabbi that, that right. is a good counselor, that, that might be helpful. Right. And it's, it, uh, I think now I'm going to generalize Naomi. I think women, you know, because we need to talk things out. And I think sometimes we get confused with talking things out with our partner. And when it's about them, they have a hard time uh, connecting or understanding or shifting. And oftentimes women that want to talk things out with their partners because they want their partner to fundamentally change. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, And if I'm understanding what you're saying, these are the discussions where the woman might think that she's communicating <laughs> and, and the man hears it as a criticism right. of himself. Um, so, so that, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's a delicate thing to, again, if you get the right kind of communication skills, uh, the most helpful communication skills, then there are some things you can talk about with your partner. Um, if you're talking about something that you're upset with something uh, that the person has said or done, that you pick a time when, Again, when you have a marriage meeting, then you have you've already loaded up on appreciation, so you're in a pretty good mood. <laughs> you planned your date, and um, so so then you're gonna. And also, I say you, you pick your time, your timing, right. just like your timing for the marriage meeting. Nobody should be hungry or tired. Uh, you won't be clean and sober at the time, uh, and have good energy. So so you pick a time, and and you if you're gonna do a general marriage meeting, you already have it timed. 
uh, if you're going to do it some other time, then just think about, is this a good time? And rather than just barge in while the person is reading or watching TV or on right, a, which happens, right? Uh, they, if, right you blow, yeah. if you're steaming everything, is, I want to say something. Right. If you're boiling uh, over. Yeah. Right. So rather than that, say, um, oh, there's something I want to talk to you about. Is this a good time? If not, you know, when, when should we um, get together to talk about this? So, so the person has a choice. So um, in practicing the A to Zs of dating, it also then uh, sets the foundation for when, this is a phrase my son <laughs> has been using, when and if you get married, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're finding out what kind of person this is, what kind of, and, and vice versa and, and assessing for similar values enough similar interests and uh, lifestyle preferences. Right. And I also yeah. think that, um, that this A to Z guide, it, it feels like in what I perused and read that, um, and I just opened up to knowing yourself. Until mm-hmm. you make peace with, you have a quote by Doris Mortman, until you make peace with who you are, you'll never be content with what you have until you make peace with who you are. That's mm-hmm. so, that is just in its simplicity. It's so powerful. So it seems to me that this wonderful book you've, you've crafted marriage minded an A to Z dating guide for lasting love is actually could be considered an A to Z guide for building the foundation within yourself for loving yourself, lasting Mm -hmm. love for yourself. And therefore it naturally radiates out from you and translates into a lasting love in a committed relationship, whatever that looks like. You said it beautifully, Susan. Thank you. Oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> so, um, Naomi, you do have a, a website for people to go to and check out what else you do and all your other books. Yes, that's marriage meetings with an S on the end, marriagemeetings.com. I thank you so much for joining me today. And I, and I thank you for your book. When we started talking uh, at the beginning of the show, I thought of three people that I would love to gift this two for Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's a because great gift. It's Christmas, it would, yeah. Valentine's day birthday. Yeah. It would be, and, and it doesn't have to be the person you're dating. I mean, I'm talking friends uh-huh. that are, are in, are struggling, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of women out there that are single that, that claim they don't want to be single. And yet there's just gently what we talked about today. I can think of a couple of people. Yeah, well, A is for ambivalence. Remember, you know, they, they're yearning for it. And then there's some fears that are getting in the way or attitudes. Right, right. Yeah. Because of trauma, because of trusting, because of not mm-hmm. loving, because of, because of, because of, and, you know. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Naomi. I appreciate it. And, and again, it's Marriage Minded, an A to Z dating guide for lasting love. Thank you for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Susan. Thank you. Yeah. And I just got to tell you, this entire time, you are adorable. You're adorable, <laughs> Naomi. That's Absolutely. So nice of you to say. Wow. Are we being recorded now? Yes, we are. And oh, I no. want that out in the world of how adorable you are because you really are. That's so thank so you. Of you to say. <laughs> so I'm just going to end with, and so You're it is. You're adorable too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 
I love it. <laughs> so I'm ending with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanborrell.com. You can see all the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanborell.com. So that's it for today. See you next time.